Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, April 16th. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. I am joined here by Gigi Broadway. Gigi, how you feeling? I'm holding on. It's not <laughs> I'm holding on. The pollen is killing me. The pollen is killing you. And I have actually have some crazy stats that I just learned about last Thursday and last Friday. <sighs> last Friday in all of us who are suffering from allergies, do you, before I go into them, do you normally suffer from allergies? You know what? Usually, I, I'm not too affected. Like, I'll get the occasional runny nose, you know, or, or stopped up nose, you know, eyes watering, itchy, scratchy throat. That's with normal pollen levels, though. Right, right. You know? So, I found out that Friday was the fifth worst day for pollen since 1988. I can tell. And Thursday was really bad as well. So 1,500 whatever, however they measure this, the number that makes a really bad pollen day is 1,500. Friday's count was 3,915. That's grains of tree pollen per cubic meter. I don't know what that means, but I know that all of those photos in Richmond, if you look at anyone's Instagram all of that nasty yellow film yeah, everywhere. Everywhere in the city of Richmond and all the Richmond metro area is pollen. We are we have really bad pollen here in Richmond. Oh, yeah. It, it What it means is if you have any type of allergies, be careful because you might just be taken out of here like I was on Friday. So do, do you, how do you survive it? How do you have a plan? Uh, stay inside? Stay <laughs> inside. Flonase. Allegra. <laughs> O- OTCs, over-the-counter medications, CVS on standby. Like, it's bad. So, I used to play baseball growing up, and I never had allergies. It's probably the last three years. Mm-hmm. As in, a, like, you know, as a grown, grown adult, I was like, yo, I got either a sinus infection, Cameron hit me in the face while we were playing. Like, I was <laughs> had all these thoughts. Right. And it actually just turned out it wasn't a sinus infection. It wasn't like... Some type of accident that I didn't know I had. No, it was actually allergies. It's allergies. allergies really crazy. It's crazy. crazy in Richmond. Mixed with the chemtrails and the GMOs, but that's another, you know, story. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. It's crazy, though. Well, for anyone that's listening to the show on WRIR or on the podcast, first and foremost, welcome. But we do want you to take care of yourself, man. We want you to Please. watch out for that pollen because <laughs> it is dead, dead serious. It's bad. It's disrespectful. Coming up on this episode of the Cheats Movement on WRIR, I like to call these days, Gigi Broadway, let's not get fired. Okay, I can I call, see that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go into this with the idea that we don't want to get, we don't want to get the show removed off the air 100%, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pull you behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, we, for the listeners, Gigi Broadway already knows this, but I'll pull the listeners behind the curtain every once in a while. We have, like, a plan for a show. We have a rundown. We have everything that we need to. And then there's just days where it's like, you know, we could technically run a rerun and be okay. Yeah. Is that <laughs> had those days. We have been working crazy. Uh, I don't know. We kind of mentioned this last uh, last episode, but I went to New York. It was spring break. Uh, Ari and I and Cam, we all went to New York City for a whole week. So we, we had a wonderful time. First time in New York City, Times Square. Cameron had a blast. Nice. An absolute wonderful time. As parents, we had a blast, like, 
taking him everywhere in New York City, having the, the seeing him light up when he saw Times Square. Uh-huh. It was like it's worth it. That part of it. I'm still not sold on what's a good age to go to Disney. Right. But New York City, four years old. He's a cheap date because literally we can take him. <laughs> we were in Midtown. We could walk out of our hotel and it's buildings bigger than he's ever seen before in his life. He could just sit on the court and horses come in by Central Park. He could just sit out there and be like, is this, this vacation? And if we had said yes, he would have been like, cool. Nice. great. It wasn't too busy, too much hustle and bustle. I was worried about how loud New York City is, right? Because right. Cam doesn't like, at four years old, he doesn't like a lot of loud noises. He's, yeah. You, you know, movie theater's too loud. It'll cover his ears and things but he adjusted, you know what I mean? He adjusted, and we had a blast. He had a great time. I, I say that to say New York City, you know, last week we come back. Uh, we have a week, a uh, wonderful festival in Charlottesville. Tom Tom Festival is a big civic innovation t- festival, yeah. a big community festival. I was out there, had the privilege of doing a panel out there with UVA professor of hip-hop in the Global South, A.D. Carlson, and Ricky Parker, the fellow at Virginia Union University for the Center of Undergraduate Research. He's the first ever hip-hop fellow at Virginia Union. Had a blast with them. I was out there for two days. Got to do a lot of work. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Got a lot of family stuff. So it was busy, man. It was busy. So it was real easy. for. And then Gigi, for those that don't know, Gigi's been under the weather. Gigi caught cold on... Well, allergies are cold. You caught that starting when? Friday. As soon as our pollen count went up, I was out. And, of course, this was the premiere of Season 8 for Game of Thrones this weekend. So I We're going to talk about that. We're going right. to talk about that. But go ahead. So I had to binge watch a little bit, you know, get ready. Preparation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's coming, you know? So, so just to tell you guys, we're, we're battling through here. We're battling through. There's a lot that's going on in the culture. Obviously, there's a lot that's going on in the city, and we want to be able to talk about a lot of that. But, you know, also, it was one of those days where it was like, well, I'm not sure yeah. if this is going to get done. <laughs> touch and go for a second. <laughs> it was touch and go for a second. <laughs> Gigi motivated us to get this done. So we have an amazing uh, show coming up. We're going to talk to Pam Miles. Pam is one of the biggest autism advocates in Virginia as a state. She's right here in our community in Richmond. She has a major, major event that's happening at the end of this month, Light It Up Blue for Autism Awareness. I've known Pam for several years now and I've been to her Autism Awareness 5K walk. It is amazing. She's doing great things and she's going to be on the show to talk a little bit about that because it is Autism Awareness Month. Yep. And we definitely want to be able to highlight that. We're also going to talk to my good friend, Gigi's good friend, Cheats Movement Family original uh, co-founder, believe it or not, of the Cheats Movement Family podcast, Hip Hop Henry. He's going to join us and we're going to have a discussion about, it's been a couple of weeks, Nipsey Hussle's been laid to rest. We're going to figure out, not figure out, we're going to do our (laughs) best to kind of work through what all of this has meant in the last two weeks with hip-hop henry because nipsey's legacy has now grown to a you know to a level that i never i didn't see coming yeah i didn't see it coming so we're gonna talk to hip-hop henry about the legacy of nipsey hustle that's also coming on the program we'll have our famous segments of we see it and we don't see it in which let's just try not to get fired teetering on a cusp it's kind of fun sometimes though 
You must admit. Nah, we've been on a roll, man. We've had a great. <laughs> we've had <laughs> we've had some great episodes in 2019. We've this been on true. a roll, and we've been on a roll because of you guys, the listeners. We really, really appreciate everything that you have done yes. to make our show what it is. I can't tell you the feedback that we've gotten for the last two episodes, Commonwealth Attorney Michael Herring, Mayor LeVar Stoney, and we're going to keep bringing, uh, I think, some of the best episodes we can for as long as we can, unless today goes <laughs> unless today goes left. Nah, we're good. We're going to be good. We will be right back to st- really kick off our show, but before we go any further... We're still honoring the legacy of Nipsey Hussle. Let's kick off the show this month in honor of Nipsey. Cheats moving on WRR. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Tuesday, April 16th. You are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Gigi Broadway is with me. Gigi, how you feeling? I'm here. With a prayer, I'm here. We have got a great episode. <laughs> you sure? You sure you all right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> We've got a great episode lined up today. Pam Miles will be on to talk autism awareness. And our homie, Hip Hop Henry, will be on to talk a little bit about the legacy of Nipsey Hussle. But before we get into that, Gigi Broadway, I've got to tell you, I was that guy on Sunday. Uh Uh-oh. And you know how they always tell you, don't be that guy? Of course, you can't be that guy. Let me tell you what I did. Uh Uh-oh. And I started, so I made a social media post. All of us know social media is probably the thing that's going to get us fired before anything else. Of course. But I made a Facebook post for anyone that follows me on Facebook, and I started it with these famous words, not to be that guy. And when you say that, you're automatically that guy. You know that, right? Shout out to the homie Bofields, the mayor, who actually did say, if you start <laughs> anything with not trying to be that guy, you are automatically that guy. Facts on facts. So let me tell you what I did. Sunday evening, Set the stage. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tiger Woods wins the Masters. He's yeah. got his fifth green jacket. That's right. He makes what arguably could be considered the biggest sports comeback in the history of sports. Yeah. He has returned four back surgeries. Obviously, all the personal demons. All of that stuff. He comes back. He wins a grand slave he wins the masters he is a hundred percent back he's hugging his son (laughs) his mother's there michael phelps is there and i knew here's the thing i knew what was gonna happen i knew you know over the last two days we are gonna hear tiger woods is back baby which he is yeah physically and athletically and i was gonna hear like Oh, this is a new, different, humbler Tiger Woods, <laughs> and everybody was wrong. But Tiger, you know, Tiger Woods is just a different person now. And so, <laughs> not trying to be that guy, but actually trying to be that guy, right? Yeah. I write, not trying to be that guy. Dot dot dot. 
<laughs> I have zero emotional attachment to Tiger Woods. Oh, uh, yeah. You just put it on and up I there. And I just left it there. I just left it at that. I have zero emotional attachment to uh, Tiger Woods' victory. Like, how great this is, I just have zero emotional attachment to it. And that started a little bit of a reaction on social media. Yeah. On, on two sides, right? Uh, on two sides. One was, well, why should you? Of course you don't. Like, I don't have an emotional attachment to others. There were some people in the middle that were, like, trying to understand. So they, they were like, like, Mark, do you like golf? The, you know, are you into the sport? Because mm-hmm. if you are, then you might have a different reaction. And yeah. let's be full, full disclosure: I am not a golf watcher. I've very rarely played golf. Uh, like when I say very rarely, maybe three times in my entire life. Okay. I don't watch the sport, but I do watch. Like at the end, when I got the push on my phone, it's like Tiger Woods is like last hole. Of course, I'm going to turn that on. Yeah. However, th- there was that part of it. There's the, those people in the middle, and then there were people that were just like. Cheat him, you're nuts. Like, you gotta respect greatness no matter what you think of Tiger Woods. <laughs> He's the greatest, you know, golfer, greatest athlete of all time. You should really be, like, invested in this. And let me tell you what's the best way to articulate my thoughts on Tiger Woods. Okay. He is, I truly believe that he is the greatest golfer of all time. I do. I believe that. And, and I know there will be people that will say Jack Nicholson and he's got more, ter- more more majors, I believe, and, and more masters. I get it. I believe that Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time. Okay. With that said, I, used, I will tell you this too. As a younger man, so Tiger Woods is three years older than I am, right? So I've followed this my entire life, right? Yeah. I had a lot more hope for Tiger Woods in 97 through like 2000, 96 through like 2000 than I ever, than I have now, right? Like, like I growing up, I can say if I was just graduating high school, going in the closet, uh, going into college, I would root for Tiger Woods, right? I would. Yeah. Not because I cared about golf, but it's like, oh, Tiger, he looks like me. He's, he's you know, he's the greatest golfer in the world. Let's, let's have, so, what? <laughs> Uh, uh, this is belabored just to tell you my challenges with Tiger Woods has absolutely nothing to do with his greatness as a golf player, his greatness as an athlete, his, his comeback was amazing. And so my reaction, as best I can say, is, hey, good for him, good for golf. <laughs> I'm not going to go out in the street and go like, oh, Tiger Woods and me are, are, are like, we're good now because he's a he's winning. He's a winner. Like I, I'm not gonna fake an emotional connection to Tiger Woods and say how happy I am for him, because I'm just not. Like, why is that? I had to process some of this, right? <laughs> and and let me tell you something that I think is is a human thing. You can tell me if you think this is true. Like, when it comes to human reactions, and when it comes to something like rejection, I think that you may be affected more I know I am by rejection from people that I think could relate to me or look like me or grew up like I did which I didn't grow up like Tiger but that's where rejection to me that's where it cuts the deepest if somebody never really could relate to me you know what I mean may not look like me may not be in my age bracket and they reject me I can always kind of try to justify it and say you know you know this guy can't relate to me right Or, or vice versa 
Now, me and Tiger Woods may not be able to relate, but the key is because of the way that he grew up and the way that I grew up. But the key for my processing of all of his greatness as I got older, it really impacted me the way he rejected people. I think he actively rejected people in the black community. And so mm. that rejection to me mm. makes his success as great as it is extremely complicated. And so the one thing that I hold out hope for in regards to my relationship with Tiger Woods is that he still has an opportunity to write his last chapters. Right? Yeah. He does. Will he? Whatever whatever he felt he needed to do to be who he is, whether it was an athlete or be a, a global icon or be someone like that. It, it, it has a lasting impact to me. His greatness to me is always, to me, is what could have been. And so even for the people that are really celebrating his victories and saying like, oh, my son, who's a person of color or a black little, you know, black kid, wants to be like Tiger Woods. He went to the golf course. Tiger Woods didn't have to do anything for my son, right? Mm -hmm. But he saw Tiger Woods and went and wanted to play golf because of Tiger Woods. I get that, and that happens, and I and that and that I understand. But at the same point, I just look at it like, man, if he really, really embraced being the greatest in the world, and also embraced being a person of color, the way. And here's the thing: we have examples of people that have done it now, like Serena. Right. You can't tell me anything in regards to Serena rejecting who she wants. You know what I mean? LeBron. LeBron is by far the greatest basketball player since Jordan, and he was able to. Here's the thing, though. Go ahead. They, you know, I mean, Serena, LeBron, they really can't teeter on the line of, you know what I mean? I mean, Tyrone is biracial, so I think that may kind of play a, a role in how he was careful in, you know, his representation. But if you if you're just straight black, I mean. You, you, you can only rep what you are, right? But being that he had another race to kind of, I'm not going to say fall back on, but I mean, I think it's just a little different in his case. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's a point. Um, you know? it, it's, it's difficult for me only because he had every opportunity to not. Here's the thing about embracing being biracial and embracing both sides of your, of your heritage. You can do that. In my mind, and again, somebody's going to get mad. Somebody's going to tweet me. Somebody's going to Facebook me. In my mind, it wasn't that he embraced both sides of his heritage. It is he actively rejected the black part of the black part of his heritage. And that to me, he he invented a word. <laughs> Cablination is not a real word. It's creative. I mean, I, and, I, and I get I, I get it to an extent. But when you go when you go so far to me as that level of rejection, it's just a complicated relationship in regards to the way the prism that I view him in. Now, here's the other side of this. It has a lot to do with who I am as much as it is who Tiger Woods is. Right. If I didn't care about that level of rejection, if I was more passe about it, me internally, mm -hmm. then I could probably go and respect his greatness a lot more. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Two what ifs for me in all the sports is Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. And it's what if they really embraced 
a part of their culture that allowed them to be who Serena or LeBron or D Wade or Chris Paul or Carmelo Anthony like we have a lot of examples now mm-hmm. of people that are or you know even going back through history Bill Russell uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. right like we could have had in those individuals now not, not everybody's built that way hell I don't know if I'm built that way <laughs> but I think the thing about Tiger for me is in lieu of all the greatness that he has what could have been my thing with Tiger Woods is one that I don't know if I'll ever be able to overcome unless he decides to embrace certain aspects of inclusion if you will but I could be tripping a lot of people on my social media feeds have told me I'm tripping and they are (laughs) able to embrace greatness for what it is without a complicated relationship how are you able to do it listeners you guys let me know let me know your thoughts on Tiger Woods he won the Masters he is probably the greatest golfer arguably the greatest golfer of all time arguably the greatest sports comeback of all time he had one of the worst falls from graces of all time one of the Worst falls from graces <laughs> from all time. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be back with Pam Mines right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is Tuesday, April 16th, and I am joined by a good friend of mine, Pam Mines. Pam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Mark? It is an honor to have you on the show as every episode we try to highlight a national awareness and i know that april is national autism awareness month you are uh a basically an autism awareness hero if you will (laughs) in the the city of richmond and the commonwealth of virginia and beyond you got involved in autism awareness and not only did you get involved in it you got involved with it and actually got involved in the legislative process to change a law here in our commonwealth tell us a little bit about how you got involved with advocating on behalf of people with autism uh well i got in i got involved because of my son you know a lot of times when we get involved with uh, big advocacy and we decide that we want to do things and have a big movement it is because we're affected directly, and um, I was—I am affected by my um, four, now 14-year-old son, JP, who has autism. And when you are a black family and you have a black child with autism, then you then become a minority within the minority. And I wanted to make sure that he was always supported and that our communities understood that um, in the black community, it is okay if your child has a disability, we need to embrace that child, not just continue to pray for that child and think that my baby sister cousin's aunt was just like that and they turned out fine. We wanna make sure that we advocate, that we educate, that we embrace and that we encourage this community as much as we can because just like God didn't choose, or I didn't choose to have a child with special needs, God chose me the same way God chose my husband and God chose my child with special needs. So um, that's my goal is to just advocate and bring awareness to this sometimes unseen community. And you've gone so beyond the call of duty. And you mentioned obviously embracing and loving, but you have taken it to a point where you created you created a law. And that law not only is now passed through all the Commonwealth of Virginia and it's looking to go national, correct? Tell us a little bit correct. about Tell us a little bit about JP's law and where it is now and where it's going. 
Uh, well, JP's law is a law that allows individuals who have autism or intellectual disability to add an innocuous code to their driver's license or identification card, noting that they do in fact have this diagnosis. So law enforcement is better prepared on how to interact with this community. Um, and the reason I did it was not because something tragic happened to my son, more so than I felt like something tragic could happen to him because police officers, they definitely do community policing and they're definitely there to protect us, but they're trained as police officers. And there are some things that my son will do that will cause alarm that what might possibly cause an, uh, a police officer to draw his weapon and shoot because he's not complying, he's not listening, he's not following directions. And I just felt like, you know, with individuals out there who are driving and, and we don't really know it because we think since they passed the same test that we did, that they should be fine when it comes to cognitive interaction. Um, they're not. And so I felt like instead of making tragedy be the the reason why we make this change, let's let the prevention of tragedy be why we make this change. And so um, effective April 2019, JP's law is now in the District of Columbia, it's in DC. And so that's huge for us to have it in the nation's capital. And now we're just gonna keep going state by state until we make JP's law national so we can have one training one code and one law so that's beautiful and you mentioned it's in dc now and it started in virginia what year did it pass in virginia uh it passed july 1st 2014 it actually passed through the house and the senate march 6 2014 unanimously so we just had to kind of wait for the official day that it became a law on july 1st but um it passed unanimously through the house and the senate on um, by March 6th, we were already done with this thing. So it's a it's a powerful movement and we're very, very excited about doing something without tragedy happening, just doing it because we want to see a proactive change. That's amazing. So past Virginia, it's in DC, past DC. Now, again, is it for you and kind of the groups that do this, is it better to go state by state or one day would it be federal legislation? Um, I would I would love for it to be a, a legislation that would go national, but it seems to be very hard to do that right now. Um, with <laughs> I, will, I will tell you from personal knowledge, it is hard to do anything nationally right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. But it seems that if we go state by state, the other states will follow suit, and that might Absolutely. just be the best approach that we that we can take. And um, and I'm willing to go for the long haul and do what we have to do to to make it so that we can recognize this law and save lives before tragedy happens. Well, you are always one that has a, a ton of activities in regard to this space. You just you you just uh, just wrapped one up, and now you're about to get into a, a big one. One that I've I've seen firsthand. It is an amazing event. This is the Lighted Up Blue 3K Autism Walk and Festival at the Science Museum. It is Sunday, April 28th. Tell everyone that's listening what they can expect if they are able to come out to the Science Museum on Sunday, well, April 28th you're going to see more than a walk. You're basically going to see a parade. And that's what we've turned this into. We walk um, just keeping that spirit of, of positive relationship and solidarity between law enforcement. We start walking at the Richmond Police uh, Department headquarters on 200 West Gray Street. We walk all the way from there to the Science Museum on the front lawn where they light it up blue. And what makes this walk so unique is that we have stations that we walk past. And as we're walking past those stations, we pick people up because we basically understand that they're, everybody who's walking can't doesn't necessarily have the ability to do the full walk. So you get to walk, you get to pick which station you want to walk from 
um, depending on your ability. And we just kind of walk past you and you join in. And the goal is to go from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> and well, once we cross that finish line, we're on a move. We're going. Well, it is an amazing event. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it a couple years firsthand. I bought my son out there and can yes. run around and had a great time at it. It is Sunday, April 28th. Make sure you check that out at the Science Museum of Virginia. Pam, it is a pleasure to have you on the line. Thank you so much for being an autism awareness hero in the city of Richmond and beyond. And it is uh, amazing to see the growth of JP's Law and everything you're doing. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you having us on and always supporting the community the way you do. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is Tuesday, April 16th. Gigi Broadway is here. I'm still here. She's still here. She's still making it. And joining us for the first time ever on the Cheats Movement on WRIR is our brother. I mean, really, this is is a special moment for... uh, for us not necessarily for the listeners per se but it's a special moment for us i'm excited hip-hop henry prolific hip-hop dj and writer in all of the hip-hop community and also more importantly if you will the co-founder of the cheats movement family hip-hop podcast hip-hop's on the line hip-hop how you feeling what up what up good good guy it's it's a long time overdue. Do you feel how right. monumental this mo- this movement this moment is for us? <laughs> Word. <laughs> Hip-hop, let's get right into it, man, because it has been uh, you know, Nipsey Hussle was laid to rest over the weekend. It has been yeah. a very uh, tumultuous two weeks, if you will. People are now starting to process his legacy kind of what he meant to the hip-hop community and i'll be the first to uh, admit while i knew a lot of stuff about what he was trying to do business-wise entrepreneurial wise i knew obviously about his music i was a little surprised at how this how his passing really just had such an impact you couldn't couldn't go anywhere without hearing somebody really talking about the impact that Nipsey Hussle had, I can't think of anything outside of possibly Pac and Big. So, yeah. yep. tell me, why do you think Nipsey's Hussle passing resonated so much in the hip-hop community? I feel because of just the way his star was rising in, uh, in, the, community, in the hip-hop community. You know, he came from 10 years ago he was super rolling 60s crip gangster rap Nipsey Hustle. So eventually his music gonna have more and more of a message to it and then to the fact that he was so heavily involved in the city of Los Angeles, especially in South Central, with building places back up, having like Crenshaw and Sloth and keeping those types of areas from really being gentrified, you know? And also like you saw his alignment with like with the with the JV and uh, Meek, and he was working with Drake, and he was he had all these superstars like in his corner as well, you know. So what you saw was like the rise, like first album, debut album, uh, Grammy nominated, you know, right to the superstar as well already. So 
when you see it, like he was on his way to being like a next level hip hop superstar and then to go out the way he went out, it was just like super sad. Like when I got the news, like I was legit sick to my stomach when I found out. All right, hip hop. So tell me what you think about his connection with the community and him being so close to, you know, his hood, his people. Do you think that was a detriment to him, you know, when it's all said and done? Or how do you feel about people staying that close and connected and making a difference as opposed to leaving the community and just just bettering themselves or just getting out of that situation because they've elevated or, or thinking that they're grown, you know, out of it. Honestly, I think I, I personally thought it was dope that he was still out there, you know, um, cause there's people, there's kids. That's an influence. That's a tangible influence. Like you could go to the marathon and see him in there. Like early on before, before he signed the, the new deal with the Atlantic and everything, like the stories would go, like you would go in to that marathon store in the super mall and you would see Nip in there working, you know, yeah. this is like during the first marathon mixtapes and those things. Like I find that to be dope because even when I was growing up, like we weren't the richest people in the world, but we also had like, we had lawyers and people like living in those same complexes and buildings with us. Mm-hmm. So you can see, you can still rise up above it, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily, you don't have to leave. Him getting shot, that is just one sad soul who decided to take that man's uh, life into his hands. You know what I'm saying? Right. And but, I think that's the real tragic part of it, right? Is the fact that initially, when you know you heard the news of him getting shot, especially uh, outside of his own store in Los Angeles, there was all of these kind of conspiracy theories going around, and and people, Lord knows, people on social media ran with it. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I think the real tragic thing, right, is that I guess when we kind of boil it down, more facts get put out. It's like, yo, it was a jealous cat in his hood. Yeah, yeah. So how- you have. You okay, have to, like, you know, back in the day, it wasn't killing them. Like, you know, dudes would get robbed. Somebody would break in someone's house. You have that. Now, a day is more of a, what's the, what's the term, clout chasing. That's what they're about nowadays, you know? Yep. And it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate, you know? I'm not one of the ones, like, I, I, I see both sides of the argument where, like, how Nori was saying the hood killed him, the hood killed him. Like, no, like, the hood, like, yo, he was changing the hood. You know what I'm saying? Mm. One dude killed him. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So you can't put all that. Like, you see the love that Crenshaw and Slauson, you saw what the streets looked like Thursday afternoon after the funeral when the procession was going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, the hood loved Nipsey. The hood didn't kill Nipsey. That dude, that dude took Nip out. But you can't turn your back, like, you can't turn your back on the hood because next thing you know, you already know who's going to swoop in and buy up everything. Look at D.C. They're trying to mute go-go now on 7th Street. So Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you can't, like, still protect what's yours. You understand? Like, this, this justification thing is real out here. And, like, all you need is just that one action 
and then they'll have everybody want to leave once they get a little something and it's like now nah, you have to put back you know what I'm saying so glad don't get green on the other side like you'll have the inward spray paint on your house like LeBron James <laughs> right no that's 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 true that's true tell me as we kind of wrap up and you know we're starting to get a real perspective of legacy uh, especially when we talk about hip hop artists and legacy because hip hop is maturing right where do you think yeah. Nipsey Hussle fits in kind of legacy status right where, where, what do you think Man. when we when we fast forward a few years just off of the way the impact of this episode he's gonna be he's gonna be his name is still gonna come up Big and Pop's name still come up 22 and about to be 23 years later you know what I'm saying and I have and honestly this one kind of it hit a little different to me you know it does feel like, different Gigi it does it, it, it does feel di- this one really does feel different yeah and like I like this there's a shift, you know? And I honestly, like, people are more open. People are talking. People, like, you have more unity dialogue coming than you did in 97, you know? Like, when Big and Pop died, people were still talking from Get Back and all other cats cared about was trying to take those dudes' place. You understand? Right. And now we're having a different conversation. Now we're talking, we're talking community. We're talking unity. You understand? Economic Whereas, empowerment. Yeah. He made all yeah. the right moves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, somebody had brought up, like, he's better than Tupac and all that. Like, I don't get into those type of arguments because those are stupid. But <laughs> that's, what I that's, where the ang- is, that's where the social media anger steps in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But let me say this one thing. Like, Tupac talked of all these things. Financially, he wasn't able to do those things. Nick was able to do those things and did those things. Now you see it. And family, so hopefully somebody from the next generation up sees what Nick was doing, and you build upon that. You know, yep. hip hop. You've bought it full circle for me already, because probably not you didn't even know this, but earlier today we had a segment about Tiger Woods, <laughs> and you you even just bringing up the difference between people giving lip service and people actually doing it. And not just doing it, but doing it and being proud of doing it. Yeah. That's where it brings it full circle for me because that's where certain individuals, Michael Jordan and indeed Tiger Woods, to me, fall short because they're not, even if they're doing something philanthropic for our community, they're not seem to be proud of doing it. Right. It's like a pandering right. move. So that's what makes it different and brings it full circle for me hip hop Henry it's been it's the first time first of many that's right man it's good 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 to have you on the show brother and uh where can everybody follow you at yeah man it's a family family reunion man you know Uh, holler at me man I'm I'm hip hop Henry on everything so feel free to uh hit me up whenever you guys know the deal I'm on I'm on Instagram Twitter Facebook and if you and need if, your yeah. potty jumping or lit, need check me out. Done. And I'm also on WRIR as well. So you know the deal. That's right. That's right. All right. We are going to be back. Hip Hop Henry, appreciate you. We are going to be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is also a very, very special time <laughs> in the life of Gigi Broadway. <laughs> you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it is time 
for you to break down. I don't know if we can do it with spoilers or not. We but can't, but I'm going to keep it as non-spoilery as possible. It's well, not let's, a word. Well, we have to do something because I want you to break down your Game of Thrones recap as quickly and as efficiently as possible but the new season of game of thrones kicked off over the weekend you are extremely excited about it tell us your thoughts on season eight episode one here's the thing i've been given mixed reviews a lot of people are disappointed which i just can't understand but i guess i get it a lot of people wanted like blood gore and guts straight out of the gate i was just happy that Kicking off the season, Jon Snow, a.k.a. the real king of the Iron Throne. No one knows what this means. You are crazy. Do you understand? <laughs> Actually, a lot of people had Game of Thrones parties, and I was so jealous because I didn't get to attend that one. I really thought you would throw one of your own. I should have. And I should have had, like, the, you know, they had, like, different drinks with, like, the White, the white Walkers and, like, it was just like a, I've heard so many great things about these Game of Thrones parties. If somebody has one, please invite me. Invite Mark too. I mean, he probably won't come. I'm I will not come. He will I've not come. I've never seen one episode of Game of Thrones. However, I know the phenomenon and I know how excited people like you are. It's real. So you followed all seven seasons going up into this. You were 100% caught up. Oh, absolutely. I binge watched. I started binge watching about a week ago from season one all the way through season seven. So I am totally submerged in this. So without knowing anything about Game of Thrones, people, you can call in, not call in, you can email the show and ask Gigi Game of Thrones questions. Please. So what, let me, just so I understand, it's more science fiction, right, type of yeah, for sci-fi sure. type stuff. For sure. Dungeons, dragons, imps, uh, magical, like, fire, wildfire. It's crazy. For someone that has never seen the show, but understand the phenomenon, understand that it is the biggest show. Somebody told me, over the weekend that it's probably the last great show where people have to be at a television because nobody watches television at a set time anymore. that is true they were saying that this is probably the last great show where no matter like what day it is what time it is you have to watch it when everybody else watches it or you're gonna be absolutely behind. correct absolutely i had people leave work early because they didn't get a chance to watch it and they did not want to have it spoiled they so, had to so leave what work. makes it so people that don't know game of thrones what makes it so great I don't know if it's just the, the storyline or the character plot twist and the audacity of the characters. It's just oh, it's just amazing. And I never was a like a dragon person. I'm not really a science a fiction. T that one of the best shows, hands down. Glue can't wait until next Sunday. Like I, I'm ready. So if any of our listeners are having Game of Thrones parties. Please email the show, DM us. Gigi will show up. So we did a promo last <laughs> last episode, and we got a few emails of people that want to go to the Poe Museum with us. <gasps> Thank you for that. We, yes. are, we haven't forgot about you. We are going to try to set something up where we can bring a Cheats Movement group to the Poe Museum and get a tour. We are going to do that. Can't wait. Email, contact us if you're having a Game of Thrones party. 
Gigi Broadway will be there. We'll figure out how to make a segment. I will be there, and I will even dress in like cosplay or costumes. I'm not going to dress any anything. Oh, I will come. You're missing out. I will come. If you have a good Game of Thrones party, I will come. I'm not going to dress up. Especially if you have some wildfire punch or something. And please let us know, like, what do you think the ending is going to be? I love to hear people's like ideas of how it's going to end. What's going to happen? So that's another crazy part because the show is ahead of the writer. We were we were just going back and forth mm-hmm. about this off the air. The show has now gotten ahead of the writer, and the show is ending. But the writer is still writing books. Still going. And so there will be differences in the ending between the show and the book. Is that a good thing? He I don't thinks know. it's a good thing. The author said that people will debate which which ends better, the show or the book. Well, that's true. See, I haven't read the book yet. so And, and I'm almost this close, even though I have no time. I'm thinking about picking up the book. I really am. So you tell us, anybody that's really into Game of Thrones, let us know what's better, the TV series or the book. If there is a Game of Thrones party coming up, let us know. Gigi will dress up. I will just come drink your booze, <laughs> and we'll have a great time. This is the Cheats Movement on WRR. We'll be right back after this. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is time to close the show. Gigi Broadway. Another one in the books, and I'm pretty confident we won't get terminated for this. We're not sure yet. We don't know. Let's, let's hold, let's I'm hold a little premature. Okay. It is time for one of my favorite segments, one of our favorite segments. It is time for one of our favorite subjects, Ask the Cheats Movement. Before we get out of here, we have a question that was sent to us by Brandon. Brandon, what's good? Brandon writes, Wu-Tang is coming to Richmond, which is true. If you did not know, GG Broadway, if you did not know listeners, the famous Wu-Tang Clan is coming to Virginia Credit Union Live at the Richmond Raceway. The show is scheduled for June 18th. Brandon asks, will it be better than when they were at Toad's Place? <laughs> First shout out to Brandon because I had no idea about that. Fun fact. I was at that show. Stop it. Oh, it so was, you're the best person to ask. It was probably, I can't even put it in perspective, but it was probably over a decade ago. Okay. It's the only time that I saw Wu-Tang as a, as a group, as a build Wu-Tang show. Nice. Right? So it had to be, because I don't think they've toured together as a group for at least a decade. But it was over a decade ago. It was downtown in Toad's Place, which was Shaco Bottom area. There was an upstairs. I will never forget this. There was an upstairs in Toad's Place, and there was a big, big downstairs. What I remember about that show more than anything else is that Wu-Tang was so late. (laughs) That's what you remember? So late. I'm talking about they didn't arrive. It had to be to 1.32 in the morning. Like, arrive to Richmond. It was well. They were supposed to probably hit the stage around 11, 11.30, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At that time, I remember hearing, overhearing someone talking to someone in the back, real talk, and was like, yeah, they just called. They're on the road, and they had to be, this is 1130 or so, they had to be in, like, Philly or Delaware. (laughs) They were riding, they were driving down from New York. So then I will never forget, it had to be, like, 132 in the morning. Like they they go from the back of the car, you could see it. They could go from the back of the car onto the stage to start their whole set. Wow. Now, what else do I remember? Because the one thing about Wu Tang 
any Wu-Tang show is really like who shows up, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point at Toad's Place, um, ODB had already passed. He's all, he, So he had already passed. So there's got to be eight of them. Who showed up? Who didn't show up? I don't actually really remember the show, but I know for a fact that I have never seen RZA perform. So I know RZA was not there. Oh, I'm trying to figure out in my mind if Method Man was there. Oh, come on now. I can't remember. But I well, here's the thing. For for me, Wu Tang was Raekwon, who was there. Ghostface, who I believe was there. Mm-hmm. And Jizza, who I definitely think was there. I remember Capadonna was there. Inspector Deck was probably there. But I just remember that show being the first time that I saw Wu Tang as a group. And now since I've seen Raekwon performed three times. I've mm-hmm. seen Ghostface and Raekwon perform together. I've seen, uh, I want to say, Inspected Deck and possibly Master Killer. Like, I've yeah. seen enough of them individually where, and usually when they come as an individual, they still do a bunch of Wu-Tang songs, right? Yeah. So it was like, I just, I, I remember thinking that that was a good show. It, you know, at the time, I remember how late it started. So it was a good show, even despite the fact that it's, it's a Wu Tang show. So anytime they, you know, put the put the songs on, there's just going to be a ton of energy, a ton of folks. You know what I mean? I don't think nothing will top when I saw. I want to say it was the only built for Cuban Links anniversary show featuring Ghostface. So it was really? Ray and Ghost at the Norva in Norfolk doing only built for Cuban links. Oh wow. And I think that was probably I saw that a couple of years ago. I guess it was a part of their twenty um twenty year anniversary. And I think that one to me was my grail in regards to Wu Tang experience. That probably topped honestly, because they did the whole album from start to finish. That probably mm. topped any kind of individual Wu Tang show, but I think it's going to be a great show, man. I think y'all should really check it out. Hey, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be there, too. That's the thing. <laughs> That's like, what am I not going to go? It's one of the greatest right. pop groups of all time. Thank you, Brandon, for the question. Uh, that is awesome. And so as we wrap up this show, Gigi Broadway, you got any good news? We're, we're going to wrap it up with. Well, I don't have any bad news, so to me, that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> I'll be honest. I will say this, uh, and I'll wrap up. And here's the thing. Because I love this show, I love I love all the listeners. I love Gigi Broadway. I don't want to always be a Debbie Downer when it comes to topics on this show. I want to make we want to bring up show topics that make you think. Yep. We want to make you reflect. So I'll close with saying a huge, huge congratulations to the University of Virginia, who made history since the last time we came on the air by winning their first NCAA basketball tournament. It is an amazing accomplishment for for the for the university for the young men for the coaching staff that's right one of the coaching staff happened to be a richmonder jason Wooliford went to john marshall high school he's assistant coach at uva congratulations to him and all oh, the yeah. people that claim uh you know just to know him and and so we're definitely lifting him up i really think that uva coming from where they came from losing in the first round of the ncaa basketball tournament being the only number one seed in the history of the tournament to lose to a 16 seed and then the following year winning the national championship is poetic justice i feel it's well deserved it is an amazing comeback amazing knock knock on wood comebacks right well they needed it take that tiger um (laughs) what, what i will say though is that there has been articles written uh since they've won the title that 
is a little bit disturbing in the sense that they kind of allude to, you know, Charlottesville being able to rewrite their history and being able to move past uh-huh. the white supremacist rally in August that left Heather Hyer passed away. I just want to tell any of the <laughs> listeners that are listening to to this show and actually like and, and love and respect the show and respect us and just don't do that. <laughs> Please. Don't do that. There is an article in the Washington Post, um, and, and I understand... I understand it. I understand that Charlottesville wants to be known for positive things and, and, and really wants to celebrate the community that they have. And, and, and for the most part that I know of, they have a great community. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people in that community, and I, and I love them dearly. This can be a catalyst to build upon wonderful things in the future, just like Richmond's Final Four that VCU went to was a catalyst to build some really cool things for the future. However, don't rewrite. Don't allow this accomplishment to rewrite history in that way. It's just, it, it really is troubling in that sense. Build upon the wonderful turnaround that, that those young men did, that championship. Celebrate it. Celebrate the university. But let's just not forget, right? Yeah. Let, let's not rewrite history or overwrite history in a way that we want to be known for this versus that. Hey, look, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that community, not just for outside agitators that came in that community. There's a lot of work that needs to be done within that community. I know that the people of Charlottesville are up to the task to do that amazing work. And I feel like, you know, great accomplishments like the UVA basketball team is is amazing for that community. Let's just keep that positive energy going. But, you know. Let's 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 put it all in perspective because there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and we really want to make sure that we celebrate the right way, but we also commemorate the right way. Very nice. With that said, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It's been a blast. Until next time, we we see see it. it.